it was amazing to be chosen to speak at Wealth Mastery. But that actually spurred me on. That inspired me. I thought, well, you know what? I know I could do this. And actually, I'm going to prove you wrong. One of my favorite songs, which I'm, I'm going to have played at my funeral, is uh, Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. I treated myself in 2015, and I went and spent a week on Necker Island. Uh, oh, wow. Was, yeah, is that Richard Branson's one? Yes. I used to really crave other people acknowledging me because then I'd feel worthy, etc. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a dangerous actually emotion to be in mm. because it's linked to someone else, right? Yeah. And I can't control that. It was a real low moment. I came out of university and suddenly I didn't have a job. I'm not going to put up this. I motivated myself from that place of fear and pain. Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home. Here at Fearless Inspiration. He lost his mother, my grandmother, when he was age 11, and that inspired him to want to help people. So you'd have you know, three generations he'd looked after, and um, it's, I'm choking up thinking about it now. It's impossible to be in a state of gratitude and be depressed at the same time. And I just think it was a real community spirit that this country probably hasn't seen probably since the days of the war. And if you really think back and start thinking about all these things you've done, you'll realise that actually you're quite incredible. And today's guest is Simon Zucci, who's spoken on stage with Tony Robbins, who spent time on Necker Island with Richard Branson, who's one of the UK's leading property investment trainers and has his own podcast and is an author. Could you tell me about something you just love doing and are good at, something that just kind of drips out of you? Uh, well, the two things spring to mind. Uh, one of my favourite hobbies I can do certain times a year is skiing. I've been skiing since a young age and I try and go at least two, three times a year. And I just love being, I'm a fair weather skier. So if it's snowing, I'm not that bothered. But if it's great weather, blue skies, there's just nothing like being out in the mountains with some friends, getting some fresh air, some sun. That brings me alive. So that's one of the things I love to do. And then the other thing is what I do most of my time. I'm very fortunate to have managed to replace my income many years ago, thanks to my property investing. And I realized actually I loved teaching and sharing what I'd done. And I think I've become pretty good at that over the last 17 or so years. And I think that's because I've got good at really simplifying things so that people, A, understand it, and they build the belief that they can actually do it, and they go out and take action. And I, I get a real buzz when I know people have gone and changed their lives by something that I've just been able to share with them and teach them. So that's what, that's what keeps me going. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. No, oh, brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have someone, a person, it might not be someone you know personally, it's been a, a major inspiration in your life. Uh, I have lots of people have been inspiration. I'm a great believer in having uh, mentors and coaches. And a mentor, for in my mind, might be someone who you've, I think a mentor is someone you've learned from. So I've uh, from probably from mid-20s started investing in myself for my own personal development. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've learned a huge amount from some of the, the people like Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy. And, and I've gone from actually, you know, being in the audience learning to actually as a speaker being on stages with some of those people you know it was amazing to be chosen to speak at wealth mastery for tony robbins back in 2009 oh, wow. i've done that three times now in the uk and that's just just amazing you know to be recognized as as a bit of an industry expert and to be you know given the ability to go and help someone else's clients so so people like that uh, have inspired me I get inspired by my parents, uh, my mum and dad. Uh, my dad was, uh, he's not with us anymore, but he was a GP. Yeah. And, um, 
as a doctor, you know, it's a very caring profession. He was in a very small practice in West Kingsdown in Kent. And um, he was one of these people that, you know, became a doctor for the reasons of wanting to look after people to help them. And his, he lost his mother, my grandmother, uh, when he was age 11. And that inspired him to want to help people. I think that's just an amazing thing. And yeah, his wow. father, my grandfather, was always about you need to contribute and you need to be adding something to society and having that mentality of service. And so he thought the best way was to become a doctor and, and save people from dying, really. And um, he was, uh, as I said, a general practitioner, had his own practice. And um, where he settled in West Kingsdown, he was the, the GP there for 27 years. Wow. And he was one of these people who, you know, someone called in the middle of the night. He wouldn't just tell them to take some aspirin. See them what you know. He, if it was need be, he'd go and see them. He'd drive and see them. A real, a real caring person. And um, I think that's really kind of inspired me and in some of my values. And it was great when he had his retirement party after 27 years. He would come, and there were sometimes three generations of family he looked after. So you'd have a mother who had given birth, and he'd he'd help the daughter to be born, and then he'd help the daughter then to be born. So you'd have you know three generations he'd looked after. And um, it's, I'm choking up thinking about it now. I, I just yeah. want an amazing person he was to give so much to his clients, his, his patients. Um, but also, you know, he, he worked really hard to provide me and my mum and my sisters with you know, a pretty good standard of living. And um, yeah, so I just get inspired by what they've done. And they always used to say, whatever you do in life, Simon, just make sure you're happy, which I think is just amazing advice. No, that's really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, is there a time when you've been at a low ebb, maybe, and you've managed to get yourself inspired to move on? Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, I mean, we've talked about this before, Ian, but I, I think sometimes I've been able to do quite a lot of things. I've been fairly successful in some of the things, but I've also had lots of failures as well, right? And I think whenever someone looks at me, say in property, right? I teach people how to invest in properties, you know, and sometimes people look at me and say, oh, it's right for you, Simon. You know, you've got all this property, you've been doing it for years, it's easy for you. And, and yeah, I am. I don't know it all, but I'm pretty good when it comes to property investing and more importantly, helping other people. But what people don't realize is anyone who's been successful, anybody who's been really successful, they will have a whole string of things that didn't work. They had adversity to overcome. And I, one of the things that I like to do is listen to audio books uh, of successful people. And you'll, you'll hear that. anyone who's successful, it's not so much about what they've done. That's great. But actually, it's the, the way they've got there and the things they've overcome. And so anyone who is feeling in a, in a low place, a depressed place, and we all get that. I sometimes get that. as Everyone does, right? I think it's really important to recognize if other people have changed their, their position and they've got better and they've, they've improved their life, well, you can absolutely do that as well. So it's that kind yeah. of general rising tide of people improving themselves that, that helps. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and people have come from really bad, desperate situations and, and have completely turned things around. But it all starts with the individual making that decision. And let me give you an example of this. So I was brought up in Kent. I went to a grammar school, so a state school, and, and I, I just about scraped into Birmingham University to do engineering and business studies. And I was there as a four-year combined honours degree. So my A-levels weren't great, but I, I did pretty well at university where you kind of apply your knowledge. And um, I ended up getting a 2-1 degree. And, and I, I had this expectation. I come from a middle-class family, uh, two elder sisters. One of them was working at Procter & Gamble. One of us working for Mars Confectionery, a big blue chip companies. And I kind of, that's my vision. That's what I want. I wanted to get onto the corporate ladder. And I expected I was going to get to that kind of level. 
And in my final year at university, I had two dissertations. I was pretty busy. I also did other things at university. And I, I, I applied for jobs. And this was before the internet. It was 1994, 93, 94, when I started applying for jobs. Everything was paper forms, four or five pages long. We had to handwrite them and put in, when did you solve a difficult team challenge? And you think, oh, my God, I, I don't know what these are. Yes. So you've got to kind of come up with something that sounds good. And, and these jobs have thousands and thousands of people applying for every single job, right? Yes. And the reality was I didn't put enough effort into it. I was maybe a bit blase. I thought, hey, you know, I've done lots of uni. I'm going to get a great degree. You know, I'm going to get a, a good job. And that was my expectation. And I didn't put the effort in. And relating that back to, to real estate and property investing, sometimes people say, oh, I want to be an investor. But they dabble. They don't, they don't commit to it. They don't yeah. do it properly. And it was a real low moment. I came out of university and suddenly I didn't have a job. Okay. And literally for a couple of weeks, I had I had no job at all. And I actually went on the dole at the time for two weeks, very briefly, because I thought I've got to get something to show as employment. I went down to London and I did some commission-only telesales jobs and things. And that was really tough. And, you know, most of my, not all, but most of my friends had got some sort of jobs. Some were good graduate teams, some were okay jobs. And then I came back from, I was going out with a girl who was still at university and I, I kept my student house, which was a pretty grotty student house. And, they, you know, no double glazing, yes. no central heating. Student housing is a much better these days. It wasn't. So I was living in a pretty poor quality accommodation. I couldn't go home. My parents were living in the south of France. Nice to visit them, but I really couldn't go and live there and, and hope to get a job and everything. I had to be here in the UK. I came back to Birmingham and I, I broke up with my girlfriend. And my girlfriend's a super, girlfriend at the time was a super smart person. And she was applying for jobs with all the big accountants and things. And and we just kind of drifted apart. And I think I've become right. a bit emotionally dependent on her at the time. And then she said, oh, look, you know, you know, we need to kind of, it's not working, we need to split. And actually, that was a, a really difficult time for me because, you know, that was my support. And I felt like, you know, I was on my own, all my friends were off working, and I felt really quite depressed, really quite bad. And I'm sure other people listening to them have been in similar situations. But then I realized, and this was before I did any personal development until I had all those tools that are available to me now. You know, sometimes when you're in it, you can't see it. And it's about making that decision and commitment that this isn't what you want for your life. And I realized that I just hadn't put enough effort in and, and I made a real commitment to, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a good graduate job. And I, I felt as if my girlfriend at the time had almost given up on me. I wasn't like the person she thought I was. She thought I was going to go and get a good job, whatever. And maybe that was completely in my head. I don't know. But that actually spurred me on. That inspired me. I thought, well, you know what? I know I could do this. And actually, I'm going to prove you wrong. I didn't say that to her, but that's what I kind of said to myself. And that yeah. that made me focus. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a really good graduate job here. And I'm going to prove to everyone that I can do this. And what I did was I went to the university and I, I to the careers library and I researched all these jobs. And I literally picked about 60 companies. And the first time I'd done my job applications, I just picked the top seven companies I want to go for. And I said, they got so much competition. But I picked 60 and some were big companies, some were small companies. Um, and I did all these application forms. And so I, I did get a job just in Birmingham. I was employable just, just to earn some money to live as well. And I was just kind of scraping by. But I thought, I'm not going to put up this. I'm destined, determined to get this. I'm motivating myself from that place of fear and pain. I didn't want to be... Having done university, and there's no guarantee you get a good job, especially these days, but I thought, no, I've done this to get into a big company. I don't want to give up on that. So I got really motivated. I spent my evenings and weekends, instead of going out with friends, I'd just focus on getting these applications done. There were deadlines I have to be in by. 
I, I used to say I thought it was about 37 applications, but I actually found literally about a month ago a record I kept all the applications on all the companies and which ones had sent me rejection letters, which one wow. I had a letter back from. And, and I realized it was actually over 60 application forms I'd done. And, and bear in mind, this is all handwritten, multiple pages, not copy and paste, not internet. That was a really huge commitment. But you know what? It paid off. And I got, I got something like seven first stage interviews, various right. different companies. I got four second stage interviews, I think. And I got two job offers. And uh, one was to go to uh, Nottingham with the Boots Group, so Boots International to do. They, they own Halfords, they own Boots the Chemist, they own Boots Healthcare, they, you know, all the, yeah. and the chance was to do that in finance, which I was quite interested in finance, always been entrepreneurial, but that was another three years of exams. I kind of didn't want to do that. Or the opportunity to go and work at Cadbury's in Birmingham. And obviously, uh, Cadbury's was just down the road from from where I was living, uh, so within a comfort zone, I guess. And, and I love chocolate. And Cadbury's was one of those big. In fact, Cadbury's was one of the seven companies I applied to the year before, and I didn't even get an interview. Right. And yet this time, I went in for an interview, and and the interviewer actually said, "Oh yeah, so I see you applied last time, and you didn't actually get it. You why did you apply again?" I said, "Well, I really want to work here." And that just was a really valuable lesson for me. Although I probably didn't realize at the time about persistence. You know, sometimes people in property, they try something, it doesn't work straight away. They don't get the results. They think, oh, it doesn't work, and they move on. When it does work, they probably haven't been persistent enough or done it properly. And actually, so that interview went quite well, and I got a second stage, and I finally got the job offer. And that was like my dream job. If I'd not applied a second time, if I'd not decided to really commit to that, you know, I may not have done that. And actually, when I got that job, I then bought my very first house. If I hadn't got that job and done something else, I might not have got my property and then I might not have ended up doing what I've done and, and helped thousands of people. So it's amazing when you look back, I think Steve Jobs in his commencement speech talks about joining up the dots. I call it looking back on the stepping stones. You never know where one thing is going to lead to the next. I've not seen it like that. It's, you've mentioned the word commitment a few times there and I can see there's a kind of, there's a consistency of commitment there that yeah, I hadn't realised. Yeah. That, yeah, but it's about committing to yourself, first of all, and making yeah. it an important thing that you want to do. And no one could do that for you. You know, you can't, sometimes people go into professions because their parents want them to do it. And usually that doesn't work out, right? It's about yeah. you making a decision. What do you really want? What's important to you? And then just going for it. Yeah. And because I've read a little bit on your website, and one of the factors that you mentioned is self-belief that someone can do it and believing yeah. that it's possible. So, yeah. I mean, that commitment definitely makes sense. But for someone who's forgotten how to wave their flag and a bit low on, on self-belief, is there anything else you could add? In well, that well a tip, so a tip, you know, sometimes you're right. You know, when you're feeling really low and depressed and, and I've been there, and I've been there since as well. You know, when things happen, I got divorced and that, that's a pretty low moment, you know, that you question, you're ever going to find someone again. So when you get, when I got, when I got married, I thought it was going to be for life, right? You know, I thought it was going to be for life. I was going to have 2.4 kids and settle down. And that was another box ticked, but it just didn't turn out. And actually I just married the wrong person, you know? Nothing wrong with them, nothing wrong with me. But, well, I said lots wrong with me, but it's just, it was the wrong person. We weren't right together. And, and so I've had some really low moments like that. And I think it's very easy to get lost in that self-pity. And to a certain extent, we, we kind of, we can connect with that self-pity and that keeps us in that place sometimes. And a great exercise that I've done many, many times, I'd encourage everyone to do is uh, two things, actually. One is think about all the things you have done, because sometimes we say, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. There's loads of things. You do. And it might be as simple as going back to when you were 
when you were at school and you passed your cycling proficiency or whatever, or yeah. you were in the Cubs and you got your badges for whatever. You know, do you know what I mean? It could be little things like that, but they're all they are all achievements that you have done. And if you really think back and start thinking about all these things you've done, you'll realize that actually you're quite incredible. Well, yeah. That's, and all the achievements you've had. And I think that's a great way to, to change your thinking. And also sometimes when, something I learned from Tony Robbins, that when we're depressed, you have a certain physiology and actually getting up and stretching and walking and, and going out for a walk while thinking about all the great things you have done you'll come back feeling totally different. And your problem might still be there, right? Yeah. But it's about recognizing there are tools that we can use to change the way we think, to change the way we feel, and that will ultimately affect the actions that we take and that will then affect the results that we get. That's really, really beautiful. Um, and one, one other thing i just do, that, which I think is a really powerful tool, there's something called uh, gratitude, which is where you're grateful for stuff. And, and someone told me about this many years ago, and, and I kind of didn't really get it at the time, to be honest, but actually it's something that I, I think is incredibly powerful. Anyone could do this. And that is just getting yourself into the feeling and the state of having gratitude. And if, especially if you're depressed or upset or worried about something, if you start thinking about all the things you are grateful for, and they can be really small things, the fact that we're able to communicate virtually like this the fact i'm sitting in a house i've got a roof over my head which not everyone has the fact that i can go and turn on the tap and clean fresh water comes out or even hot water if i want it and these little things we take for granted and and certainly when when the pandemic came in 2020 and suddenly everyone was at home and people had taken their job for granted maybe and we've taken our freedom for granted only when we lose something do we appreciate how much we have but actually yeah. if you can force yourself in the morning when you wake up or, or night when you go to bed and sit and actually write down the things you're grateful for and if you're feeling really depressed it's hard at first but just keep pushing keep digging you'll start coming up with things and it, it's impossible to be in a state of gratitude and be depressed at the same time yeah it doesn't have to be perfect it's hard at first to get it it's just about having a go that's the thing that's uh one of my things that i I'm always prepared to have a go at something and, you know, and I like to get, I'm a bit impatient sometimes. I say I love skiing and I try to go snowboarding and I'm a pretty good skier and I can't snowboard to save my life. Right. I spent a day with an instructor, I'll do it. And I just try to, and I just, because I was a bit impatient, I didn't get the results as quick as I wanted. I just thought, oh, you know, but then I don't need to snowboard because I'm so good at skiing. Well, I don't want to sound boasting, but I'm pretty good at skiing, right? So it's not like I tried to and I couldn't do anything. I enjoyed skiing so much. I didn't want to lose time skiing. I decided I just want to focus on the skiing and get even better at that. But at least I had a go at the snowboarding and I made that informed decision. As you know, although it looks quite cool, I don't, I don't need to be a snowboarder. I'm a pretty good skier. Don't worry. I've made notes of today's top 10 hits of inspiration. Hang on to the end to hear the summary. Yes. Seen, yeah, but what you're good at. No, that's brilliant. There's a couple of, of things I noticed. Uh, obviously, you're doing the Crowd Property Fund, front, uh, fund yeah. which is one of your more recent projects, which is, is going amazing. Yeah. And, and also, you, you, you obviously love helping people through your training and, and helping them learn to be financially free. Is there anything comes out of it, either of those in the realm of inspiration that you, you can comment on? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, there is definitely. And, and this, it's kind of linked to inspiration, I think, because very often we think we have to do everything ourselves, right? Yes. And you might think, oh, well, I want to do this. I want to, I want to build a property career. I want to build a business, whatever, but I, I don't have the skills to do it. And then we think, oh, I can't do it because I don't have the skills or I don't have the knowledge or expertise, whatever. But crowd property is an example. So I came up with the idea for crowd property. And people who don't know, it's a, it's a crowdproperty.com. It's a lending platform where we find really good property projects 
who need to borrow money and we have lots of people who want to get a great return on the money. We've just created a digital platform that takes care of all the FCA regulation and the legal paperwork and everything. So and it's phenomenal. And we, we've, in 2020, we went through the £100 million of lending. The £100 million has been wow. lent through that platform, which is just phenomenal. And, and, and touch wood, there have been a few late loans, but no, no one's ever lost any money, which is in property is incredible track record. You know, yes. it's, it's going to happen at some point. Obviously, you can't maintain that. Pretty amazing, right? And so I have, I'm really good at ideas. That's one of my skills. I'm in the flow when I'm creating ideas, but I'm not so good at implementing. You know, all the stuff I do has only ever happened because there have been other people who've picked up the pieces, right? So yeah. if someone's sitting there thinking, I'd like to do this, but I can't do it, doesn't mean you have to do everything. It's about getting other people. So we now have a, a board of directors who run Crowd Property, and I'm, I'm the chairman, but I have very little to do with the day-to-day. And yet, that business is worth a lot of money. You know, Just that, forget all my property, that business alone is serving so many people. It's helping developers fund their deals quickly and effectively. It's helping investors go to great return. And I believe if you give a lot of value out there, you'll get value back. So that business is a very successful business worth a lot of, you know, I'm not the only, but I'm the major shareholder in that business. I don't have to work again. But actually, that that wouldn't suit my personality. You know, what I love is I love inspiring people like you do with this and showing them there is a way. And I love the training. I don't have to do any of this, but I do it because I love it because I get, I feed off the energy that I can help create other people. And I love it when someone comes back and says, hey, Simon, I, I listened to your podcast, read your book or did your course or whatever, and I've done this as a result. And I, they did it. They did the hard work here, not me, but I get a massive kick and I feel very worthy and I feel significant because I've helped that person. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, that's beautiful. Yeah, the feedback from other people and giving value to other people seems to a great source of inspiration. Yeah. So and so the key there is don't don't think you need to do everything on your own. There are people around you who might be really good at the things that you're not so good at. You know, I don't think I'm particularly good at running a company. That's not a skill I have. So I have someone else who's much better at it and they get very well paid and rewarded for it. But then I can then have my time to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And then that buzz you get from people commenting back to you. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because you obviously get quite a lot. Is is there any one I do. I mean, I think I think it's important when you think about your values and what's important to you. And there are so a really good coach who I had once, I always have coaches and mentors to help me. Yeah. Uh, she said, look, it's very important. There are some da- what are called danger values, right? And so I used to I used to like the idea of recognition. You know, I like the fact that people recognize, say, hey, Simon, thank you so much for helping me, et cetera. And I, I used to get a buzz from that. But actually, that's a danger value because... I should not base the way I feel about me based on what other people think or say, because I have no control or influence over that. So you have to be comfortable with yourself that you are doing what you should be doing and you're you're doing the best you can, et cetera. And so I don't rely. I used to really crave other people acknowledging me because then I'd feel worthy, et cetera. And that's that's a dangerous actually emotion to be in Mm. because it's linked to someone else, right? And I can't control that. But now, actually, I know in my heart of hearts, I actually believe that I'm adding massive value to many, many people. And and that's what I want. But it is still nice when people come back and they recognize, and look, they've done the hard work, but I've just been a little bit of a catalyst and maybe help them think differently. And I've inspired them. And actually, it's not just me as well. It's, it's, you know, we put out loads of case studies about our successful students and and they they inspire others. This is ripple effect. Yeah, I like that ripples, similar to kindness. Yeah, that's meant to work. Absolutely, yeah, it is. As yeah. Well. yeah, 
Yes. And I'm guessing that the main way to transfer this bedrock of inspiration into actual practical action from your point of view, as you've said, is, is the kind of commitment and belief. Yeah. And help it's building people. building your belief and you know certainly when people are want to invest in property gaining the knowledge of how to do that gives them some of that confidence and belief and there's no no re- replacement for actually going and doing it and you know your first investment property is always the hardest but once you've done that you kind of think wow actually okay there might be some challenge but it wasn't as difficult as i was thinking it was in my head you know yeah. what what stops us from moving forward most often is ourselves we get in our own way. We overcomplicate things. We overthink things. And actually, you can be inspired by looking at what someone else has done and just go and model what they've done. And if you get the recipe right and just keep on taking action, you'll get the results you want. Thank you for that. And now it's time for quick fire inspiration. Right, quick fire inspiration. Do you have uh, one of your most inspiring films? I love films. It's one of my pastimes watching films. And one of them, I think, that always kind of gets me going is uh, a Dead Poet Society. Okay. Um, Robin Williams, who uh, unfortunately is no longer with us. But it's uh, if anyone hasn't seen that, go and watch it. It's about a teacher who goes to a school and, and how he interacts with the kids and, and how he really impacts those kids and how he changes them and inspires them to live their life. And uh, at the very end where he basically something happens and uh, he kind of gets the blame for it. It wasn't really fair. And at the very end, there's a very, very moving scene where the kids kind of just show solidarity with him and support for him and just how much he's changed people's lives. That's just amazing. I'm, I'm welling up here when I think about it. I'm, oh, thank I mean, you. That's, that's beautiful. Well, yeah. have, you, have you seen it? No, I've not. I love to watch well, it. Go and watch it, Ian. Go. It's Dead Poet Society. It's yeah. amazing. And... Any particular design or style? Obviously, you like doing houses, but in the whole realm of design and style, anything that... Uh, Property-wise, I absolutely love Georgian and Edwardian buildings. You know, yeah. you know, kind of the lovely white-fronted buildings, like big windows, sash windows. Those, oh, I just love those. Yeah, favourite aspect of nature? The mountains. Yeah, so skiing. Oh, yeah. Preferably covered in snow, blue sky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> travel, any travel inspiration? Travel. I, I love traveling. Uh, I like the experience of traveling. I, I, I normally travel a lot. Didn't do as much in 2020 as I would normally do. I Actually, it's what I like about travel is I, I'm in a couple of mastermind groups, not about property, but about business, if you like. And they're actually both in America. And I love traveling there. And I love, I love getting in a room of other smart, inspired people. If you want to be inspired, get around other smart, inspired people. And whenever I go to events, I always, if I can, I'll upgrade, I'll pay to be VIP because I want to be amongst the other people who pay to be VIP because they're the smart people, right? So it's not just the travel. It's the traveling's fun, but it's where I'm, it's actually what I'm doing when I go and travel. Yeah. And finally, on Quickfire, is there any song or artist? Yeah. Well, I, I like music as well. And, and I think we get emotional anchors to music, usually yeah. positive, negative memories and things. So just, just one of my favorite songs, which I'm, I'm going to have played at my funeral, is uh, Queen Don't Stop Me Now. Oh, well, Queen's my favorite, actually. But yes, yeah, so that's that great. Yeah. What, what, Freddie Mercury, what, what an amazing gift. Well, all of, all of the bad, really, but what an amazing talent. And I'm sure you've seen a, another film, a very inspiring film, I actually love it, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Awesome yes. film. I've so, watched uh, it probably about four or five times. Just love it. Yeah. I think three times for me. Yeah. And you're very busy. Just to keep balance amongst all the inspiration and, and action anything brings to mind you know what? I, I don't always get that right uh, life yeah. balance is, is uh, i'm probably not going to be writing a book about life balance but actually something i do do and i try and do it i try and do it every day 15 20 minutes it's just when i get up the first thing i do i don't look at my phone 
let's go and do some meditation. All right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of, I really struggled with meditation because I'm, I'm a very active brain. I really struggle sitting down. I tried visioning candles. I did guided meditation for a while, but now I can just do it. And I just do a bit of incantation. And um, I find when I've done that, it just calms me down a bit because I am quite a frenetic person very often. I get excited about things quite easily, calms me down, grounds me a little bit. And I notice if I've done that, I have a better day than if I haven't done it. And it took yeah. me a real perseverance to get into. I would encourage anyone to just look at a bit. And there are so many apps you can get to get guided meditation these days. I think that's a big tip personally. Yeah, yeah. I heard someone say it's like tuning the orchestra. And I quite like that uh, analogy. Yeah. You know, it just gives you tune the orchestra. Of your, you know what? You know what inspired me to? I, I dabbled with it for a number of years, couldn't get it. So one of my things, I'm very achievements I made. I, I treated myself in 2015, and I went and spent a week on Necker Island. Uh, oh wow! Like, yeah, there's that Richard Branson's one. Yes, and and part of that was the inspiration, really. So I went with the trip called uh, Mavericks uh, by a guy called, I'm his name now. Anyway, so Yannick Silver, Yannick Silver of Mavericks. Okay. And this is a trip he, he's done for the last probably 10 years now. And he takes a group of entrepreneurs. And anyone can pay to go to NECA. It's about $20,000, $25,000, whatever, for a week, uh, which is expensive, obviously. But this group, because they're entrepreneurs and, and Richard's had so many people go to the islands in the past, we paid extra money just to make sure he was there. Because if you go to Necker Island, there's no guarantee he's going to be there because he might be off traveling or whatever. He might have gone on holiday somewhere. Wait, going from Necker on holiday is a quite strange concept, <laughs> but still. So I was really excited about this trip. And, and, it, and it, reaching Richard Banson was great. And I've actually met him before. But interesting, his wife was away for the week. She was on a holiday, right. which meant we had every breakfast, lunch, and dinner with him, which was oh, just amazing. awesome. And, and it, that was great. But actually, it was the other people who were there. And it was, you know, it was an expensive trip. So, it, you know, you're only going to get pretty successful, qualified people there. But just being around those people who were uh, mega, mega, far more successful than me, right? I mean, talking mega, mega successful. It inspired me thinking, you know, you're standing at the bar, having a drink, chatting to someone who's just sold his business for $20 million that year. And you think, okay, that's pretty amazing. But think, well, he's not actually that different from me. Mm. And, and, I can, and so putting yourself into that inspiring environment really stretched my mindset about what's possible. And so putting yourself into situations like that where you're not the smartest person in the room and other people you can grow and learn from them. And it's kind of that's kind of what we do in our mastermind program. If you like, people are buying a seat at the table of other qualified people who are going to spend 12 months together helping each other. And so, you know, and I'm always investing in myself because how could I get other people to do that in themselves if I wasn't doing it myself, right? And that trip was just an amazing trip. And I can't come where I was going with this actually, but the balance and groundedness, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And and here's the thing. Here's where I got this, right? This group of mega, mega successful people. And and the, the topic of, um, we'd have some like workshops in the world. There's a rule on Necrola. There's no work in the afternoon. Okay. So we'd have some kind of workshops, just general discussions and brainstorming stuff in the morning and Richard did on some of those. And then the afternoon was just water sports and chilling out and just having a good time, right? And, and a bit of drinking as well, to be fair. Yeah. But the topic of meditation came out and literally 95% of the people there there was only a group of 16 of us, pretty much all apart from maybe two of us, said meditation was a really important practice did every single day. And I thought, bloody hell, if all these really successful people do meditation, Simon, sort your act out, start meditating. And from that trip onwards, I really committed. And so success leaves clues. If other successful people do things, and lots of them do that. Well, if you do the same things, you might well be successful as well. And so I thought if all these incredibly successful, and I, I persevered, but I, I hadn't got it. And I, I thought I need to go back. I need to be more uh, persistent here. 
really get this meditation thing. And, and I've done it ever since. Really. And occasionally I might miss it. And I, I just don't have such a good day. That's where it came from. Now, I've gone off track there. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's just a beautiful story. Thank you for that. Right. I'm about to wrap up uh, just with some closing questions. But yeah, my biggest learning from this, I think, is getting other people to help you out, you know, yeah. and make things possible. And that uh, surrounding yourself with others who are successful and learning from them. So yeah, that I've got two closing questions. What is most right in the world at the minute, do you think? What is most right in the world at the minute? You know what was really encouraging? last year in 2020 when the pandemic first hit yes i think there was actually a a real community spirit you had people who were checking in on neighbors elsewhere to make sure they're okay we had people coming out and applauding the nhs on the thursday evenings Mm. and stuff and i just think it was a real community spirit that this country probably hasn't seen probably since the days of the war and it's almost like we were all united against this common enemy that was COVID-19. So maybe that was it. But I just thought that was really heartwarming to see how Mm, communities were coming together, basically. Yeah, thank you. And what is the next book on your reading list? The next book on my, I've got it actually here. It's, uh, I've just been sent this by um, the author as a friend of mine. Uh, So it's Who, Not How. And this actually links into what I said. Sometimes people think they need to do everything. How do I do this? Well, I don't. It's who can you get to help you by uh, Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Ben's a really good friend of mine who I know actually from one of these groups that I go to in America. He's actually spoken for us at my big Property Magic Live event in the past. An amazing. He's only only 30 and he's a doctor in psychology. Stuff he knows. Wow. He's read about a thousand books about personal development. Just brilliant. So that's the one on my reading list next. Um, and I've dipped in it and i've heard really good things about it so uh who not how well look forward to seeing the, the output and if people want to get in touch with you simon is there a website or, or yeah so there's uh, so there's a couple of things they can do uh obviously uh, my i've got a, a page which is property investing with simon zucci a facebook page and go and look at that they want to actually connect me linkedin is definitely the best way to connect with me so it's simon zucci z-u-t-s-h-i go and request and say you've heard me on this podcast and we'll connect uh obviously and you know if people want to know more about property if they've not read property magic which I'm glad you got yours there, Ian. It, it's a pretty simple book. It won't teach you everything about property, but actually talking about inspiration, I, I, I want to kind of demystify property. And there's loads of case studies in there about some of our students. And that's in there to inspire people what can be achieved. Because, you know, as I said, you want to look, be inspired by looking at what other people have done. If they've done it, it means it's possible. So hopefully that book in itself is quite an inspiring book. And um, yeah. many people have said to me, that's the one that's got them started on their property journey, which obviously gives me a massive kick, as we've talked about already. Yeah, thank you. No, that's been brilliant. So, well, thank you for your time, Simon. And uh, yeah, look forward to following you in the future. Thank you so much, Ian. And, and congratulations on the podcast. I think this is a brilliant idea and I'm sure people are going to get huge value from it. I'm sure it'll be incredibly successful. So thank you for asking me to be one of your guests. Thank you. Whoa, Simon is so certain and his convictions in what he's doing, that's super inspiring. Here are my top 10 hits of inspiration from him today. 1. Invest in your own personal development. Listen to audiobooks of successful people. If other people have changed, you absolutely can too. 2. Let yourself be inspired by other people who have themselves been inspired to help people. 3. Whatever you do in life, just make sure you're happy. 4. Decide to commit to something. Don't dabble, but no one can do this for you. Five, think about all the great things you have done. If you're feeling down, it can really change your mindset. 
Also, number six, if you're feeling down, change your physiology, stretch, get out, take a walk. If you change the way you're feeling, that can change the way you're thinking and that changes your actions, which impacts on your results. Seven, gratitude. Get into this feeling and state of gratitude if you can, even on a morning. Force yourself to write down the things that you're grateful for when you wake up. Eight, at least have a go at new stuff. Try it out before dismissing it. Nine, when you have an idea, you don't have to do it all yourself. You can get help with other people's skill sets on your idea. 10. Helping to give others the tools to achieve great things themselves can be a great inspiration to you. Just be a catalyst. The case studies of others' successes can create ripple effects. Ripples of inspiration. How cool is that? 11. Watch out for danger values, such as recognition, as this means that you are letting the actions of others determine your state, rather than being comfortable independently on your own. 12. Don't get in your own way by overcomplicating things. 13. Knowledge builds confidence, therefore maybe some training can help your confidence. 14. Learn from mentors. If you want to be inspired, get around and in a room with other smart and inspired people. If you can, pay an upgrade to be VIP. This is what a lot of the smart people do. 15. A bit of meditation first things might help. Simon finds he has a better day when he's done it. 16. Success leaves clues. If lots of other successful people do things and you do that same thing, you may well be successful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Watch out for news on our new group. Thank you everyone for listening today. Your kind attention is really appreciated and valued. If you feel some inspiration from today's episode, please share it. And please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you wish, leave us some comments. In your comments, please let us know any inspirational subjects you'd like us to cover. As I aim to build a bank of both inspiration and stories of events that inspired close connection between groups of people, If you have something to share in this space, send me an email at inspiringteamhuman at gmail.com. Watch out for the next two episodes where we'll be speaking to Ken Bella, co-founder and president of Near Bridging, a consulting firm that specializes in helping people get along better. Also, co-author of Great Peacemakers, the book that inspired this Fearless Inspiration podcast. It's an amazing book that's won more than 30 awards and been endorsed by three presidents and three Nobel Prize winners. Ken also runs multicultural and cross-cultural initiatives for some of the world's leading companies. And Jay Allen, motivational speaker and business coach who's aiming to help 1 million business owners to add a zero to their businesses, growing sustainably and ethically. He used to be an advanced trauma medic in the British Army and he's also an author of several books and a podcaster. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.